All right, well, how about we get to the final scene of this book before we wrap up with the scorecard and our judge a cover by the book discussion. What do you think about the buildup to recruiting the snipers? Because I think there's this, there's both Nizarkatan and then there's that other sniper. Where was he from? The Chechen. The Chechen. Chechen. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, because they had they wanted to peg it on this idea of, you know, the Chechens, the Ukrainians are all involved yep. in separatists involved in killing the Russian, you know, and then that's why the attack would make this entire place like inhabitable for like 25 years they said if, if the Novichok like you know actually right. got out like that was freaking crazy because of what it's in the middle of, are they in Kiev or or no they're in Odessa they're in, they're Odessa. in Odessa on the southern coast yeah yeah yeah, yeah, so yeah they're yeah. on the Black Sea but still you know a major seaport right you know if you had a essentially blocks of this area that couldn't be inhabitable like right. that, that would be a major ramification devastating yeah no like once we get to this part right where they're um you know liaising with the secret service like i really enjoy this i almost felt like i was with like a brad thor novel because i guess because the secret service is involved and they're like they're going around trying to figure out like where would these snipers be they think about all the different places and they're like we have a perimeter you know to like the area where the the farthest shot would possibly be and then finally like re-sees this one ship right mm-hmm how far out is that ship? Like, oh, that's really far out, but you know, maybe that could happen. Let, let, like, let's, you know, let's look at that. I don't know. Th- this is where the action really kicks in. I guess there's been a little bit of action up until this point, but this is where, you know, the most of the action we get in the novel. Yeah. And I love the scene where he's, we've already gotten the, you know, just the fact that the freaking Russian president dies. And, you know, I love a novel that actually like, executes right. it's you know the, the the attack actually like either happens, happens somewhat or happens completely so like, that was cool and then when we're in the fallout that he realizes that wait it's not just the assassination it's also this other attack you know when they're going to the catacombs like again i, I mentioned that like i didn't quite buy into the reversal of the fans and shit yeah. like that but the action leading up to that his gunfight with the guy, the guard who's posted on the catacombs, like that was really cool. So yeah, I I really enjoyed this this final, uh, you know, yeah. what you know, fourth of the book. Yeah, for not having a lot of action throughout the book, it's pretty cool leading up to the sniper shot, setting the stage with the two presidents, Ukrainian president, American president, at this summit, this meeting. I I think the build up to that's cool and the execution of it is great. And to go into a little more depth, it was a it was a really crazy plot that the way they set up the shipping container and they put this screen to make it look like the shipping container container was yes. closed, but they could still uh take the shot through the screen. And also how both the two trained snipers, Nazar and the Chechen knew exactly how much their shots could miss by, so they both were going to shoot the same target. Right. And meanwhile, the American president was going to be targeted by a third sniper who was part of the advance team, who was actually supposed to be giving Overwatch uh, to the Secret Service and and all of their allies. For the Russian president, yeah. And the Russian president, right. And that's who... Freddy climbs up the roof of that building, ends up fighting with and taking out, 
And so Freddie actually saved one of the presidents. It ends up being the American president, right? Because the Russian and president that's why, was killed. No, yeah, because so the the guy that Freddie kills was supposed to be the guy to take out the American president. Right. And then he was supposed to be taken out by Nazar. Right. Um, to make it look like, you know, and I think like, because he had some involvement with, he was like friends with with somebody. Like it was all like set up that, that his backstory would lead, you know, again if he got caught, to and to be, cover his tracks to kill the two to others working tracks. with him. And so, like, remember he at one point in his art, like looks to the sights and sees a guy kneeling. He's like, wait, why is he kneeling? He's supposed to be prone, like, or yep. you know, whatever in his position. He's like, oh, whatever, I guess, you know. And so takes he takes him out. out, and that like that scene is so gut wrenching. Oh. Like I, I freaking cried. Like I, I rarely yeah. cry when I read books, but I was just I was emotional like reading yeah. that because I, I love Freddy as a character and I wanted him to be in the next couple of novels because he's brought up in 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 the blood as a as a ghost. Remember we had the, those freaking ghost apparitions in in the blood, yeah. and I liked like the relationship that seemed that, that James had had with Freddy, and I was hoping that I didn't I didn't put two and two together that oh this is the re you know the reason why exactly. he hates Nazar Katan and, and like all right. and then finally yeah. it clicked I was like oh shit Freddy's about to die. Remember when Reese gets news of that while he's doing the whole cave thing with the fan or whatever, or at the end of the mission when everything calms down he's like so where's Freddy? Couldn't get a hold of Freddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was that was gut wrenching. And dude, we were saying we liked how the backstories were fleshed out. Let's talk about Freddie's family, his wife and son. I know. That just makes it all the more heartbreaking. But what a cool gesture. Do you remember when, I think, how many was it? Five million or 15 million? It was like four point something million. Four something million. And he puts it in a trust fund for Freddie's son so that the wife and son are taken care of and all his special needs can be. Uh, addressed for the rest of his life and and so he that's the least he can do for you know losing his his friend but and then guys another level of this is for those who don't know about jack's personal life uh he does have a son with a similar genetic um disability who's also going to need one-on-one support for you know his life and the way that's written on the page, you could tell, is just so meaningful it's to Jack. It's personal. Yeah. And Freddie, the way he talks about his family is just something different. He says, you know, we'll, we just continue to do whatever it takes for him to be able to lead the best life with the best potential for what he's capable of. And that's what we're committed to. You know, it's whatever it takes, you know. And Jack uh, admires him, excuse me, James admires Freddie for that. And it's it's just so cool that when we lose him, it makes it hurt all the worse. Yeah, and it's something that James obviously thinks about going forward, right? Because he brings up his son in, in the blood. You know, he, he he's it's not something that's lost on James. And it's something that's going to be a part of him for years to come. So, yep. yeah, no. Uh, Freddie's... Uh, I want to say he's my winner. Like if I didn't have a different winner, but he would definitely be like Absolutely. for my free space, uh, my my winner for this novel. Absolutely. Well, speaking of winners, let's get to the scorecard. Let's see how this book holds up, how it ranks. Yeah, and I forgot to mention at the top, we kind of like got got uh, right into it, but uh, you know this this book has a pretty high rating 
on both Goodreads and Amazon. It has a 4.35 on Goodreads and a 4.7 on Amazon. Well deserved. The Real Book Spy says, True Believer, the highly anticipated new thriller from Jack Carr is one of the year's hottest thrillers and a perfect fit for fans of Vince Flynn, Brad Thor, and Daniel Silva. I would agree with that, but I was also say like it's you know we've we've sort of highlighted the the differences that that it's its own Jack is sort of it's its own thing. He's he's yeah he's following the footsteps of all these great authors, but um you know he's he's definitely carving out his own path. And you know the three books that I've read so far, I've I've highly enjoyed. So uh, we we got to do Savage Son. We got to do Savage Son. Got to do Savage Son. Yeah, a lot of people put that at the top of their list. I think it was Jack's favorite to write. I don't yeah, remember no, he, it all he that well. talks of Savage Son a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember liking a lot of things about it, the most dangerous game connections. Uh, so we'll see. Hopefully next month we could do it, see how it holds up to these two. All right. Give me your action, Mike. Action I went a little lower on. I was going to go as low as an 8 out of 10. Just it wasn't the strong point of this book. And I will tell you, it didn't need to be. So... I would have been happy with an 8. I think that would have been right. But I bumped it to an 8.5 just because it the action we did have was really good. It was great. And we didn't need a lot of it. So I didn't want an 8 to look bad because an 8 wasn't bad. It was not a book that required it. So I went 8.5 just to make up for that. And a 10 on plot. Just the way this thing was crafted. We talked about it. A perfect 10 to me of storytelling. So what would you yeah, say? Yeah, no, this... This gets a ten on plot, like hands down. It's it's well crafted, well executed. Uh, I went eight on on action because you know the action we do get is very good, but it, it was just light, and that's the only thing I can ding it against. So I'm, I'm digging it two points for that. Um, but you know whatever we did get, whether it be in a little bit we got in Africa, the various scenes. I guess even like the action we got with the attacks was, you know, cool and interesting. And then obviously the action at the very end culminating with the attack um, yeah. or the takedown of the snipers was, was, was very cool. So that Christmas market scene, we didn't talk about it a lot, but that's jaw dropping way to open a book. Like it's crazy, crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah like, like pure chaos. You know, when an action movie just hits you over the head with something so devastating, that's what that was. It reminds me, I don't know, you, you play Call of Duty, right? Oh, yeah. Do you ever do the careers? Nah, not really. No, yeah, you only did the, yeah, see, I, I do the multiplayer. I play Call of Duty, but I, I, I like the multiplayer, but I, I really enjoy, you know, I'm a Legend of Zelda, Pokemon type guy, so I, I love the careers. And I forget which one it is. Maybe Modern Warfare 2. There's like an opening scene where the little you know, movie is you're like following this girl through like Paris and like, you, you like what the hell is going on? Like these kids are playing. And the next thing you know, this like truck pulls up and then boom, there's a fucking nuclear attack. And it's, uh, it's fucking insane for like the opening of a video game. Geez. And like this scene reminded me of that. It was just like, wow, this is where we're going. There's even a line when Freddie relays all this to James, James is like, you know, I'm surprised things like that don't happen more often. And to me, that's Jack's voice saying, we're on the verge of this happening any day. And like these terrorist cells could hit us like that at any moment. So right. that's how I interpreted that line. Yeah. All right. What'd you give to buy in? 
Yeah, by an, I gave it a 4.5. I wanted to go 5, but I had like two nitpicks, so that's why I'm dinging at half a point. I'm, I'm pulling the half card here. The nitpick, again, the Novichok thing, like, sure. uh, it was kind of unnecessary, and just, it was just the, how well executed the rest of the book was. I felt like that whole ending part of it was just so rushed. Okay. Like, you know, you know when you read something, I feel like this happened multiple times in both the novels we read for Vince, Kyle, and Brad, where, like, you'll read a, a chapter, and the pacing of the chapter is just is so fast that, it, like, it almost just doesn't make sense. Sure. You know? Like, I felt like that that's what was happening here, and so... Uh, maybe if I if we did quarter points, I would go four point seven five. But we we agreed only half points, so I'm going I'm going four point five for buy in. But the rest of the thing, you know, I freaking bought it and I loved it. So this is a book that I I would agree that you could split hairs over with finer points like that. So uh, yeah, I I just gave it that five. The I a hundred percent agree that final scene was just a little rushed. The the gas thing didn't need to happen. But none of those moments were enough to take me out of the story. None of them at any okay, point okay. kind of wanted me to stop reading or roll my eyes. I think they're only things I think of after the fact, really after digesting it, looking back. I think on my third reread now. So those nitpicks were definitely not enough as I read any of the three times to take me out of the story. They're only like later reflection things. So I gave it the five. Five out of five on the buy-in. Yeah, the one other small thing that I, I, I did, and I literally thought about it as I was reading it was just the idea that James will be allowed back in immediately, you know, yeah, and obviously that sure. that has to happen, you know, in order for the story to go forward, you know, something has to happen like that. But it's it made me pause for a second, so that's why I'm I'm digging it just just to justify my half point. You know? He's the only one who worked with Mo, who knew Mo and Mo yeah, would trust. No, yeah, that, that's that's what saves it, you know. Yeah. So. All right, good guys, bad guys. How'd you like the characters? So initially, I gave the bad guys a three, but Ooh. through the course of our conversation, maybe it's because I read it when I was doing it. I did it today, and I, I finished this novel like two, three weeks ago for my for the second time, and I kind of forgot about them. But when we're over the course of talking about them, again, super fleshed out. So I gave it a four point five. Yeah, final rating. I think. You know, there's maybe a few things you can nitpick with. I felt like Nazar could have been fleshed out a little bit more. And obviously that's a tendril that Jack explores later on. So you you can see he's he's closing the, the, the book on that. Yeah. But, you know, we mentioned Landry and Gray and, you know, and Drenov. Like, they were, they were pretty good bad guys. And, yeah, I don't know. They, I, I like them. So one pretty high on them. And then the good guys in the story. Freaking Freddie Gray makes it a five, and then Absolutely. like Rich Hastings, like if I could give it a five point five, I'd give it a five point five because of Rich Hastings. Hell yeah! Um, so you know it's it's got to be a five for the guys, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm similar. Four point five on the bad guys. I think they're bad guys who, upon reread, and upon knowing what comes in later books, and particularly in the blood, makes it even better. Nizarkatan. Andreynov, Oliver Gray, knowing these backstories, all the connection to the current world, it just raises it even more. So I, I'd agree. Well, the first time I read it, I might have left with the bad guys in like a three, three and a half, but I went four and a half. 
Love them. And the good guys, five out of five. Can't argue that. It's fantastic. Even the little ones like uh, Solomon and Gona and the other professional hunters on the hunting right, squad. Right, like, right, right, Everybody is just, it's just awesome. And then Freddie Strain and Freddie's family is, is perfect. Setting. I'm going five out of five. I think you are too. Because the boat, man, when we're on the boat, yeah. you could feel the tempest and you could feel James's scraggly beard and the itch from not showering in the salt water. Everything's described so vividly. Same thing happens in Africa. The game reserve, the wildlife at one point when they get really close to a sleeping elephant and then back away and James is all giddy and excited and gets this rush of adrenaline you kind of felt like you were there with them on safari. So five out of five on setting. I think the the weakest one would have been the tunnels underneath the, the summit in Odessa. Or maybe the way the ship is docked and where the summit is taking place and the rooftops with the snipers. But it's all good enough to keep that five out of five for me. Literally, I was going to say the exact same thing. Like the beginning of this novel makes it a five. Yes. Being exactly. on the ship. The descriptions in Africa make it a five out of five. I don't even care about exactly. how we were literally like we don't get much description on like where he goes. Like it's 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 very minimal. I mean, like right, goes here, goes here, goes here, whatever. Because they're what they're in. Where is Landry actually? Like in Afghanistan or like um in in Iraq and somewhere in the Middle East, right? Yeah, I don't know. I think Iraq because I know Mo was operating in Iraq. I'm not right, sure. Right, right, right. So and then the Christmas you know, market he, attacks. Everything doesn't even. Yeah, no. The settings a five out of five. Everything. Yeah. Covers. Mm. Yeah. So you know we we kind of brought this up with terminal list. The covers for we're not a huge fan of the covers for the Jack R novels. We, I think we it was a similar thing with the In the Blood covers. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's because I'm not I'm not a huge fan of having a dude. On a cover, having a guy, yeah, especially like a guy that like looks like a. Although you pulled a freaking wild back. card on the on the last novel with blowback, there wasn't uh, a face though. I think it's the oh, it wasn't a face. There wasn't it's a, a face. face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's a face. I think thing. it's because I have, and maybe other readers have, images of what you you right. think of James Reese, an imagination. And if that face doesn't line up with who you think it is, yeah, a la. You know, choosing our Mitch Rap for Amer- w- w- Dylan um, O'Brien. O'Brien, like, yeah. you know, that could send you know make someone mad, and uh, yeah. I don't know. So, and what is this supposed to be? What 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 city is this supposed to be in the uh, in cover A? Honestly, I I don't even know. Is it Odessa? Is it actually? Is yeah, it, it looks Russia. Is it Moscow? It looks Eastern European. I, so. I guess it could be Odessa. Oh, there's that thing on the right, that spiral thing on the right. Yeah, I don't know. Eastern European. I'm not all that interested, though, to be honest. No. And so, like, a lot of the other ones are very similar, right? Like, they're just not. What is C C even doing, you know? C is being cover C. Yeah, like. That face is not James Reese. It's just not. No, no, that looks like freaking. Bucky Barnes. I don't know. What it really fuck. does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Where's his bionic arm? Also, like, it looks like he's in 
like Arizona, not in Africa. Like if you were yeah. trying to go for yeah. like an Africa theme, like that's one thing. But this, I don't know this why. Looks like a, a desert, dude. There's two things you have to put on a cover, and none of these have it. A fucking sailboat and the African yeah. jungle. Like, yeah. Honestly, how are neither of those on a cover? Let's be real. Yeah, I, I, I think whatever city is in A is also in D and E, just from like a different angle. Yeah. So I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna guess that that's Odessa. Honestly, yeah. my favorite cover is gonna be cover B, just because I, I kind of like this explosion. Same. With the American flag, like even though the explosions don't happen in America, they happen in Europe. Yeah, I wanted to go one, but I'm loving this novel too much that like I think the plot is like driving my love of the covers up a little bit. So I'm gave it a two. I gave it a two out of five. Yeah, I. Think that was generous if it's I'm being very generous. Honest. It's very generous. I probably could have went to a one, one and a half. I I do like the the schematics of B because Terminalist had the same thing, and I believe these are the paperbacks. I don't know. I like these different panels, these vertical yeah. panels. At least they kept that up throughout all the books on their paperbacks. So that's kind of cool. No, maybe, I have to say, like, yeah, I do like A minus the dude. Like I actually, and the same same goes for the Terminalist. So the original cover, I like the letter blocking. I like the color scheme. True. Like if you I just like the got rid of the dude, like uh, yeah, if you got rid of the dude, that's a decent cover. Yeah, the cityscape is not great. I usually like a landmark or a geographic feature on the cover, but this one just falls a little flat. So yeah, the colors. What, the what letter would be blocking. your ideal cover for this novel? Okay, for this novel, it would we be... We don't do this often. We don't, we don't come up with covers, so... It would be a split screen. Like, I don't know if you do it diagonally. I don't know if you do a top-bottom. Or maybe panels, like a B. And in one panel, it's, it's a sailboat getting just thrown in the waves. Mm. And in another one, it's just a jeep in the rainforest. Or I guess a I I wonder if they had a Land Cruiser I don't remember but uh, whatever they were using to get around the forest. No, that that'd be great. You should be a freaking cover artist. I mean, visually, yeah. those are two kind of strange things to put on a cover. So I I don't know if they would work. But if it's judging a book by judging a cover by the book, that's what it's got to be. Yeah. No. Here's what saves the point though: the Bulgarian version D. I translated that name, and it's The Company. I thought that was a kind of cool title for the first half of this book. I feel like that's some sort of code name for something in the ops world. Anyways. I was just thinking The Company that he finds in Freddie Strain and Rich Hastings and Solomon and crew. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I wasn't that's where I went with that. I was thinking of it as more of a... Operation side? Yeah, operation side, like an acronym or whatever for... Or something in operations, but yeah, no, that's a cool, cool name. You. And so, what is E? E is just the same one. Oh, E was same a one. large format, large print format library version. I don't even know if it's very common. Okay, okay. Yeah, mm. same one as the Bulgarian. Anyway, do you think it's the same dude between D and E and A? Mm, and, and who is this maybe. dude? Do they Nose take Do they take a picture of him? Is he a completely like? You know, CGI, like, a, or is it an actual dude? I don't know, man. So we had this argument about whether or not the the same dude is present 
in Terminalis, True Believer, and then In the Blood. Because I thought he looked different from In is the this Blood. But, I mean, the same guy's Terminalist. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. It, I think it is. Yeah, it kind of, the, this one does. True Believer, between True Believer and Terminalist, it looks the same. That, that's a yeah, question we need to ask Jack next time we talk to him. Yeah. Is the guy on the cover the same? Is it the same model and or graphic representation? Yeah, or if, if, he, if he's even like, if he's not real, you yeah. know. Uh, yeah, it looks the same, dude, to Terminalist. Look at that nose. Look at those lips. Yeah, no, I believe, but if you look at In the Blood, it looks a little bit different. Maybe maybe that's because he's Actually, a sniper. You know, he's like trying to disguise himself, but. But maybe, oh, the lips do look a little different. All right, this is too much. I'm, this, yeah, this too much, too much, too much. The best way to spend my time. <laughs> <laughs> all right what's the free space all right so my free space so i'm seeing what your free space is here on a google doc uh and you stole mine so i'll come up with a different one uh and i already said it. it's got to be freddy freddy strain uh he's a great side character unfortunately he's only going to be in this novel well in the literal form uh he comes back in ghost form obviously but i don't know just his progression, his story is well fleshed out. Yeah, and I just, you know, I, I really connected with him as this secondary character. I would have loved to see more, but I, I appreciated that he was here and he was, you know, executed well in this novel. So Freddy's my uh, my my free space, my winner. A sip of Basil Hayden's to Freddy, his favorite drink. I know I was drinking <laughs> on some whiskey tonight, but uh, I didn't have Basil Hayden's. So gotcha, gotcha. I hope you toasted to the lads. Rich Hastings yeah. uh, toast. All right. To the lads. So my free space, the one you wanted as well, is Africa. Everything yeah. Africa. No, that, that, that's the real winner. From the sailboat to landing in Mozambique to chartering that flight to getting to the ranch to meeting the professional hunters to finding new purpose, building a team, using your skills. Fantastic. Everything about it. Perfectly done. Love the first third of this book, which I think, unfortunately, is, is something a lot of people don't like about this book, how much time is spent there. But Wow, I'm kind of surprised about that. I didn't know that going in. Cause, yeah, I just feel like know, I've just, seen a lot I of comments don't. about that. So I loved it. Five out of five. Bringing my total to a very strong 45 points out of 50. It deserves it. I think that's two points lower than my terminalist score, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you had a 47. Yeah, but these are two of the highest we've rated on the entire podcast so far. Yeah. All right, and mine's a 44. I'm a half point lower than what I gave to Terminalist. So, okay. yeah, it's it's right there, guys. It's right there. Not much of a gap. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, Mike, before I, before we wrap up, I have to tell you, and it's, it's prescient because we're talking about a Jack Carr novel, James Reese. This weekend I was at Hershey Park. I was at a hotel and they the you know had free breakfast and i go to get coffee i get my coffee there's cream and then i go to grab like a lid and i see <laughs> a two different packets of honey oh yes i so I, I don't normally drink my coffee with sugar i just i drink it with milk cream half and half whatever oat milk i, I don't know really, i just want to essentially i want the milk there to cool it down whatever really there. What there yeah but i was like all right, we're going to be doing this novel. I I feel like I want to try this. I want to see what it's cracked up to be. So I put a packet of honey in with my cream. And I have to say, 
every time I read it, like because he brings it up a lot, it's you a cringe. You know, I cringe that like every time he brings it up because you know it's like a trope, whatever. But it's damn tasty. It it's different than sugar. It's like it's like it was so good. I was surprised at how good it was because I was afraid it was going to taste like honey. You know, because I love I like honey, but I don't. I wasn't thinking that I would like honey and coffee together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was good. You inspired me. When you texted that out in the group chat for the patrons, and Mark chimed in that he just did honey in his coffee, I was like, all right, I got to do it. So I got my espresso machine out. Since I didn't, I wasn't making drip coffee, I made a shot of espresso, mixed in a little dollop of honey, a splash of cream, and I'm right there with you. I was skeptical. Don't knock it till you try it, because, man, I was pretty good. And I don't like sweet coffee drinks. Like lattes, frappes, and all this crazy stuff, and triple shots of blah blah blah. I usually don't like that, but the honey did something different. Yeah, it was unique. It was a nice little twist. It was mellow. It was like being sweet, but without being too sweet. You know, right, right. It was good balance. So, um, when this episode comes out, I'll post the, uh, or I did post already my video making my little espresso, and I got to tell you about the poll I asked. Do we call it a car espresso or an espresso? Espresso. Espresso. Okay. I like what you did there. Which one do you vote for? Car espresso or espresso? Espresso. Oh, okay. Well, uh, 80% of people went for the car espresso. Oh, okay. You're part of the 20% that went espresso. You're part of the 20%. Yeah. Look at me. Always being different. <laughs> yeah, I like the car espresso, so... I'm, hey, I might be making the car espresso again this weekend. Who knows? It's a nice change up. You know, like every now and then I, every now and then I do like randomly put sugar in my coffee just because, I don't know, I want something different. But I don't know. I was just randomly, I don't know. I wasn't thinking. I was just, oh, packets of honey. I don't normally have honey like with next to my coffee, but I was at this hotel. They had packets there. And I was like, well, I'm going to try it. And I wasn't disappointed. If it tasted bad, I probably wouldn't text you at all. But I, right. I, I did it and it was good. So it delivered. Now I have a little little report for the pod, Mister Carr. We tip our hats to you not only for a fantastic book, but being the inspiration of the newly invented Car Espresso. Car Espresso. <laughs> Go to Starbucks and order a Car Espresso and have them look at you weird, and then yell at them that they don't understand what I mean. <laughs> My name is not <laughs> James Reese. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, what's your name, sir? Uh, Reese. James Reese. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Next time we convene on this pod, um, I don't quite know what we're going to be talking about. What are we talking about? That's a good question because we're going to be busy on the Mitch Rap podcast covering yeah, Oath of Loyalty. Yeah, we got Mitch Rap pod. We got Takedown. We're doing Takedown on the Scott Harvath, Brad Thor podcast. I don't know. We might not be back here for a little bit. Let's do Savage Sun then. What do you say? It might be a month or so, but it might take us a bit. Definitely would like to do Savage Sun and definitely would like to follow up with uh, the sec. What is it? Um, on Contract? What's the second? Oh, um, on Target. Mark On Craney. Target. On Target. Yep. Mark yep, yep. Uh So, yeah, look up for either one of those. But if we're a little bit dormant on this feed, definitely go check us out on our other two feeds. Mitrap Pod, coming back to life. 
with Mitch Rapp 21? 22? 22. No, 22, 21 think, was yeah. last year. 22. Yeah. Intrigued about this one. That's that's all I have to say. I've been trying to stay away from the spoilers because yeah, some same. of the um, some of the ambassadors have, you know. A little texty. Told yeah. A little texty, a little more sherry sherry than I wanted, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, we don't right. always agree. We don't always agree with the ambassadors. That's so. true. That's true. Or the crowd at large. We we very often blaze our own path with our own ideas. So yes, for better or yes. for worse. <laughs> yes. So and then obviously check out our season two Scott Harvest podcast. We'll be taking on with that one. All right. We need to thank our patrons, including our special operator Sherry F, our special agents Daryl, Kevin, George, Matt. Don, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine, Ray, Bridget, Jeff, and Mark. Please subscribe, rate, and review using your favorite podcasting platform. You can find us online at thrillerpod.com or on Twitter and Instagram at thrillerpodcast. And as always, to the lads. To the lads. To the lads. Ray Porter, we didn't mention this, but Ray Porter. What what a voice actor. I I don't know if I would like him reading... Uh, Brad Thor or a uh, um, Mitch Rapp. Mitch Rapp, but uh, he's yeah, so he's good legend. at the at the Jack R stuff. Absolutely, and I heard Jack talk about this, and it was funny because Jack said in an interview, one of the first voice recordings or options he was given, someone that they really wanted to land, sounded too much like an old man. Mm, George. And, well, that's what I thought. And he just didn't think that would fit his character, who was on the younger side, just had a young family. And I 100% agree. I don't think George Goodell would have been a great fit for these books. Uh, but Ray Porter, he's, I think it just really works for this series. 